Welcome home, and thank you for joining us here on the Real Life Church Podcast. We are people of faith with the voice of hope who are known by love. We hope you enjoy this message. Doesn't it feel good to be here? It's my favorite place to be with you beautiful people, and I love sharing these moments together. Sometimes I like to start with a funny story, and so I heard a story recently where three guys um, were Christians and they're, they're brothers in Christ and they decided, man, let's go on a fishing trip. Let's, let's spend some time together. Let's get to know one each other. Like let's go on an epic fishing trip. And so they picked out a destination, got all their fishing gear together and actually decided, you know what, we're going to like go way out and, and, and we're actually just going to camp at night and set up a tent on the banks of the lake and just be together. And, and we're going to cook the fish we catch and we're going to just hang out together and so man they, they set out on a on a Friday morning and got there and we're just having a great time and and so they were going to do Friday Saturday and Sunday and so Friday was just such a great day and on Saturday about halfway through the day they had been sharing stories and sharing life experiences and and one guy said you know what man we're we're, we're out here guys away from everybody away from everything I think this would be a great time for us to just get vulnerable to share our hardest battles our deepest struggles, our, our most painful moments, like, come on, like, let's talk about it. Let's get it now and pray for one another. And uh, so Joe says, you know what, guys, I'm, a, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I'm a gambler. I've been gambling forever. I, I gamble on every sporting event. I gamble on football games, basketball games, hockey games, cheer. I, I mean, I, I'm at the point where I'm gambling on everything and and I don't know how to stop and my wife's gonna find out eventually and I'm not gonna be able to hide this forever and so I just don't know what to do anymore I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share guys would you pray for me and the other guy after seeing the vulnerability and the the power of the one guy he says man guys I I, I gotta I gotta be honest with you I, I, I cheat all the time I cheat on my taxes. I, I, when I go to the store, I tell them something's damaged and broken when it's not. I, I, I cheat all the time. I'm always trying to find a way to get ahead. I'm always trying to find a way to get the better deal. And, and I'm just a cheapskate at heart. And I, I need a heart of generosity. And guys, would you pray for me? And the third guy says, well, guys, this has been a long time struggle. I've been dealing with this forever. I don't know how to keep a secret. I don't know how to keep it. I, I am a gossip at heart. I know God tells us not to gossip, but I, I can't wait that this trip is done where I can get back home. It's a, we don't want any, anybody trust gossips with your best information. Right? So, man, would you, um, would you stand with me? I want us to read a portion of scripture. And today we're going to continue our series on the fear of the Lord. And I believe with all my heart, if you have ears to hear today, um, if you'll hear what Jesus has to say to you today, I believe today will be a brand new start for the rest of your life. Even a cleansing and, and, and a new way of living, a healthier way of living, a higher way of living, a holier way of living. And I'm excited about that. For you youth who are still in here, I asked you to be in here today because I didn't want you to miss this moment. I believe God can change your life today. Do you believe that with me? Do you believe the power of God's word to change our life? I do, man. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It 
is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes it. So I want him to put the text on the uh, board. We're going to read this together today. The fear of the Lord continue today is the judgment seat of Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going to be talking to you today. Do they have that text back there? Maybe they don't have it. Y'all got it? You don't have it? Okay. Um, I'll read it to you. So 2 Corinthians um, chapter 5, verse 9 through 11. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are well known to God, and I trust are well known in your consciences. Can we pray together and prepare our hearts for God's word today? Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness. And we thank you for the fear of the Lord. And today, God, as we pause in this moment, God, we don't treat these moments lightly. Help us not be distracted or pulled away or pulled out of this moment. God, help us to be present, to be humble. Lord, you said, who are the ones who God delights in? Those who tremble at his word, who hold him in awe and reverence. And we choose awe and reverence today. And we choose to be present here in this moment. And I declare, God, your people are going to be refreshed, restored, renewed, convicted, challenged, and filled with hope as we approach these moments together. God, change us by your word. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name, if you agree, would you, would you say amen? amen? Come on, you can be seated. Let me ask you, beloved, do you live for today or do you live for that day? That day, the Bible says clearly, matter of fact, if you want to have a fun search, just get on there and type up that day, and it'll pull up so many interesting sources of Scripture. But the, the Bible is clear that there is coming that day. Look at your neighbor say, that day, that day. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, all right? But that day when we will appear before the judgment seat of the Messiah, and in the fear of the Lord, there's an awareness that begins to permeate our life that actually makes its way all the way down into our consciences that actually begins to empower the way that you choose to live. Like something that's wrecking me, guys, like straight up personally. The, one of the things that's wrecking me is, you know what? The fear of the Lord begins to purify your motives. Like, there's so many times as Christians, come on, guys, like, there, how many of you guys have had moments in your life where you believe God is saying something to you, but you don't trust your own motives, right? You don't trust why you want to do what you want to do, but what I'm finding is the fear of the Lord, Randy Green, begins to purify my motives and actually allows me the grace to trust what I'm hearing is not coming from a place of selfishness or selfish ambition or desire to make a name. It's only from a desire to please the Lord, right? And so the, um, I love that so much. So how do you know if you're living for today or if you're living for that day? Matter of fact, often in my life, 
when Jenny and I would be in these crucial moments, when we would be in these moments where we knew our decisions were going to have direct impact upon our life and our future, we, we, we sought the counsel of those we trusted. But more than anything, the filter through which I made those decisions, and I, I can say I've done this to the best of my ability, that when I made life-changing decisions, this is what I said, when it comes to that day, what will I be glad I chose? Come on, am I living for my comfort? Am I living for my convenience? Have I put myself as the God of my life and made God my servant boy and my errand boy? Or am I living for him, not trying to get him to just do whatever I want him to do? Yeah, it is good. So one of the things Paul says is we make it our aim to be pleasing to God. How many guys would say, man, today, that's my aim. I, I, I want to be pleasing to God. But I, I love this because Paul doesn't say we make it our aim to be pleasing. He actually says we make it our aim to be well-pleasing to the Lord. <laughs> you know, there, 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 there's cake you can eat, and you'll be like, wow, that's good. And then there's cake you can eat, and you're like, oh, my God, Right? Right? There's food you can taste, and you're like, man, that's pretty good. And then there's, whoo, that's the best I've ever had in my life, right? There's, there's a good movie that might snatch a tear, and then there's a great movie that causes you to rethink life, right? Like, we know the difference between pleasing and well-pleasing. And Paul says, listen, guys, because we know that day is coming, we make it our aim. We make it our focus. We make it our highest priority to be well-pleasing to God, well-pleasing to him. And, and the, these words and these ideas and these pictures just begin to wreck my heart as I'm like, God, I don't want to, you know, my prayer used to be, Lord, I, I want the testimony that I please you. Enoch, the Bible says Enoch had this testimony. He pleased God. But in this text, I actually saw there's maybe another level. What if you got the testimony that you please God well? Come on, somebody. Did you know that's available? And Paul says we can actually make that our aim. We can make that our focus. We can make that our prize. Come on, we can make that our goal to live well pleasing to the Lord. But you know what you need to understand is it's not hard to please the Lord. Come on. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. But listen what it takes to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and, everybody say and, that he is a rewarder of all those who seek him diligently seek God is a reward he's not like well if you want to get to know me do your best he's like no I'm going to reward every step you take towards me I'm going to take two towards you I'm going to reward your pursuit I'm going to reward your diligence I'm going to reward your sacrifice I'm going to reward your 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 desire Come on, somebody, how great is our God when he doesn't just roll you out a list of things to do, but he says, listen, if you'll draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. God is a rewarder, and if you want the faith that pleases almighty Yahweh, you must believe God is a rewarder. 
Your effort's not in vain. Your labor's not in vain. Your prayers are not in vain. Your worship's not in vain. Matter of fact, in Malachi, he says, listen, what y'all are doing is grieving my heart because you say, what profit is it in that we've done all of this? He says, you have spoken harshly against God took it as a personal offense when people live in such a way that they say, what's the use? What good is it? Listen, God is a rewarder. Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to reward you. He's going to reward you, Wade. I'm telling you, this is good stuff. Good stuff. The word, the word aim there comes from this really cool idea, and, and it literally means to do something with someone else's pleasure in mind. It's to do something, even if it hurts, even if it causes you to sacrifice, but it's such a joyful sacrifice because you can't wait to see how it blesses someone else. Come on, moms and dads. How many of you guys are grandparents that you have dug down deep and sacrificed, but it was joyful because you wanted to do the good that actually didn't benefit you at all. It may have actually cost you, but it was benefiting somebody else. Paul says, listen, that's how we're to live for God. We're to live in such a way that we are well-pleasing to him. Like it's not a burden. It's a joyful sacrifice to get to put a smile on the face of the creator of the universe who loves you more than anything you can imagine. Like how crazy is this, guys, that we have a God so near to us, so close to us, that your actions, your words, your prayers, your worship can actually affect God. Do you see the vulnerability of God? Like, it, this is incredible. And, and, and this, this idea of making it our aim is when we genuinely want to do something good for somebody else, and it actually brings out the best in us. Have y'all ever done anything like that where you, where you sacrificed it and then you did something, but the whole time you're doing it, it's bringing out the best in you and it's not even for you, right? Like, it's amazing. Paul calls that way of living our aim. And he said, this, this is how we're to live. Make it your aim to live like this. Now, he says, uh, this is how we are to respond to Jesus. Romans 12 says, listen, beloved, we, we take even our very own bodies and we present them as living sacrifices to God, holy and acceptable to God. And you know what he says? That's our reasonable act of worship. This is, this is where it begins, this full surrender, this full laying down of our lives to God, and he says, that is our reasonable act of worship. It's our reasonable service, and we genuinely want to please God in a way that it brings out the best in us. Come on, Jeff. Like, we really want to please God in a way that it brings out the best in us. Can I tell you something, beloved? The pain of discipline is so much easier than the pain of regret. Some of us said, well, I don't have time for that. I don't have, uh, uh, uh. come on, the pain of, it's, it, it might be tough. Like living sacrifices doesn't sound like couch sitting to me. 
doesn't sound like a Sunday afternoon nap. Sounds like some pain involved. Sounds like some discipline involved. But listen, I'm here to tell you by the word of the Lord today, the pain of discipline is better than the pain of regret. For the Bible says we're to live like this because. Look at your neighbor say because. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive what we've done in the body, whether good or bad. Those are the word of the Lord. Paul then turns our attention to a sobering reality. The common Jewish Bible says it like this. We make it our utmost to please God. The CEV version says we are doing our best to please God. I love that because we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, the judgment seat of Christ involves a time coming in the future in which all believers will give account of themselves to our Messiah. This is the plain teaching of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11. We must all. Everybody say all. You know what all means in Greek, right? Everybody. Everybody. Paul said, everybody going everybody to be there. And um, 2 Corinthians 5.10 is a warning to Christians, not to unbelievers. This portion of Scripture is written to the church. This is our text. This is our story. This is our judgment. There's another judgment that happens. The Bible says there are two judgments in, in the world to come. There is the Bema, which is the judgment seat of Christ. Am I saying it right, Randy Green? The, the Bema, the judgment seat of Christ. And then there's another one, the white throne judgment. The, the judgment seat of Christ is for us, is for believers. The warning is to Christians, not to unbelievers. As Jesus taught in his parable, he's like a king who has put his servants to work and will one day come again to require an account of his servants. William McDonald says, while our salvation is not dependent on our works, our rewards in that day are totally dependent on what you have done for Christ. As a believer, we should always remember that faith is what links us to our salvation. What God has done in our life is not a consequence of our works. We are saved by faith through grace, not of works, lest any man should boast, right? Right? But that day, everything you've done in the body, whether good or bad, what you've done for Christ will be tried in that moment. And you know what? You're going to long for it. You're going to want it. There's going to, when we get into what the Hebrews call Gan Eden, we call it heaven. They call it the garden of God. When we get there, what we're, you aren't going to want to wear a pretense, a falsehood, or, or any matter. You're not going to get to pretend to be anybody else. You're going to find yourself perfectly loved for who you are. And the fire of God's perfect love is going to burn off every mask, every facade, every pretense, and every false mask. And you'll find yourself perfectly loved for who you were, are, not for who you were pretending to be. Come on, somebody. This is good. So our works, although we are saved by faith through grace, in that day, your works will be judged. And 
I ain't going to lie. It kind of scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Titus says that we have been saved, right? And then predestined to do good works, which God has planned that we should do. Did you know God has a work for you to do? I'm so glad you're here this morning. You're in the right place at the right time here in the right message because today is going to be a life-changing opportunity for us all to walk out of here today with a fresh, brand-new zeal, with the fear of the Lord in our hearts and lives to help us steward our decisions, our moments, our, our, how we live our lives. Do you all believe that? I do. The Bible speaks of two judgments in the world to come. The judgment seat of Christ, which is for believers, and the great white throne judgment, which according to Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15, that this, I, I just got to read the Bible to you, okay? It's not my book, it's his, and he's going to hold me accountable in that day if I told you the truth or not, okay? So I don't say this with any agenda other than faithfulness to my calling unto God. The great white throne judgment will be the final judgment for the wicked, for they will stand account for God and be punished for their sins and their iniquities and be cast into the lake of fire. I don't want that for anybody. If you're here today, please hear my pleading. That's not meant for you. That wasn't created for you. That was created for Satan and all his demons. The children of God have no place in that spot. So I'm, I'm, I'm contending for you today. That, let's not go there. Let's trust Christ, believe Christ, accept Christ, honor Christ, live for Christ. This day, the Bible, our life, the Bible says, is but a shadow. It's but a fleeting. It's just a moment. In the, in the scope of eternity, we are being entrusted with an incredible ability to lay up treasures and rewards and do things for the kingdom of Almighty God. This is incredible. I love this, and I'm preaching so much better then y'all are shouting, and that's okay. I didn't think you'd be shouting about the judgment seat of Christ or the reality of a punishment to come for the wicked. But you know what? Even as we sit in comfortable chairs in a climate-controlled environment in a beautiful place with wonderful people joined beside us, how many of you guys know that God will hold those who murder and plunder and betray and destroy one another? We actually want God to hold them accountable. And there's something in the fear of the Lord that you understand nobody gets away with it. They may get away with it in this life. How many of you guys have watched those shows on TV where people have done stuff and gotten away with it forever, right? That ain't how it's going to go down in that day. The judgment seat of Christ does not determine our salvation. That matter is settled. Look at, listen to me. That matter settled because of the sufferings and the blood of Christ and our faith and the work of Jesus. That matter settled. The judgment seat of Christ is not about whether you will go to heaven or not. It's not about whether your sins will be punished or not, for the Bible is clear on this. Those who have trusted in Christ, their sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. When you get there, you will not be giving an account of your sins. If you, if you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you live for him, and, and you repent it, like all that's gone. That's not what the judgment seat of Christ is for you. Somebody say, Whew. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, 
I ain't, I ain't got to give account for none of that stuff. Some are like, yeah, I need to pray for some forgiveness right now. Like, like I, that ain't got nothing to do with us. Like, we're free. Matter of fact, let me read this to you. Um, John 5, 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes on him who sent me has everlasting life. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Come on. And shall not come into judgment but has passed from death unto life. Because of what Jesus has done in your faith and what Jesus has done in that day, you will not be giving an account for your sins. They are gone, and you have passed from death to life. But all believers are warned, you will give an account for your life and how, what you have done as a steward of God. So as believers who are secure in Christ, we must remain aware that there is a that day coming, right? So let's not just live for it today. Let's live for that day. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to live for that day. Jesus will inspect our works and what we did with our time and our resources. How faithful were we? How generous were we? Not only did we avoid doing the evil, but did we do the good we were called to do, predestined to do, planned to do? How and in what way did we do it? Did we do the good we knew to do? Were we yielded? to the Holy Spirit? Were we seeking to honor Christ? Was our motives being purified by the perfect love of Almighty God? If so, you will have rewards in Yeshua's presence. Listen to this. This is so cool to me. Um, Matthew 15, verse 42. I think this, no, 10, verse 42. Not even a cup of water will lose a reward. This moment brings the sobriety to our hearts, and, and, and it needs to, right? Like it needs to wake us up. It need, when we wake up in the morning, when we do our business transactions, when we interact with people, when we do life with people, we need to be reminded, listen, not even a cup of cold water will lose its reward. I'm getting kind of thirsty. Anybody want to get me some? I'm, actually, I am kind of getting thirsty. Hey, you just, you just gained an award in heaven. Hallelujah. See how easy that was? Y'all want any? That's how easy it is. Come on, that's how easy it is. God's not difficult to please. Not even a cup of cold water from, a, from love will lose its reward. Matter of fact, on one occasion, Jesus says, listen, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and he gave me something to drink. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And, and in that day, they will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you thirsty and get when? In that day, they'll say, when did we do that? And he says, if you did it to the least of these, come on, somebody. It's like you did it for me. Jesus is so easy to please. Oh, my gosh. I love this so much. Like, do you know the Bible? The, matter of fact, the Bible is so persuaded you're going to get rewards. It says that we shall all receive crowns. Ben, I wonder what your crown is going to look like. <laughs> 
Yours might look girly because you got that manly beard. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh, but our works will be inspected. But not one thing you've done for Christ with a pure heart out of a place of love will lose its reward. Can you imagine how many good things you've already done? Youth, can you imagine if you made your bed when your parents asked you? That's probably a reward in heaven. I mean, can you imagine if you cut the grass when they asked you, not on the 10th time, but on the first time? You'd be like, whoa, dude, I'm stacking rewards for this, right? Like, this is crazy. And if God gives seed to the sower and then multiplies your seed, like, what is it going to be like in heaven with rewards? Jesus said, put it there. Right, come on somebody, like he said, listen, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust, none of that can get to what God is storing up for you. I just want to know, are you living on easy street? Are you living for God? Are you stacking, what do the young people say about money now? Stacks? I don't know, racks? Are you stacking racks? Like, I don't know what they call it anymore, <laughs> but listen, God wants to reward you. He delights. Matter of fact, he says he's like a father who loves to give good things to those who ask him. Like he's not trying to hold back. He's not trying to do. He wants to see. I mean, listen, somebody told me the other day, you know why Jesus didn't wear jewelry, right? Because he's a chain breaker. He breaks every chain that comes on. Like, you know, like, like we're wearing the stuff that's on the streets of heaven. Like he's not in. I want to get me a bigger, I want to get a Mr. T looking chain. You know what I mean? But that's the asphalt in heaven, guys. Like, you know, like God is not skimping by, hoping that, man, I hope I have enough rewards for all these people. Like, Wayne back there pours concrete. Can you imagine pouring solid gold for your clients? Like, that would be amazing. Then you'd have to create some kind of polishing service to keep it shiny, right? Um, so let me ask you, are you going to be polishing the streets in heaven? Or are you going to be like chilling with Jesus, right? So listen, let me ask you, do you live numb and callous to God? Do you live making excuses, distracted? Or the Bible says, Paul says, let's live fervent in spirit. Come on, serving the Lord. Come on, let's not be complacent. Let's not be lazy. Let's not be half-hearted. There's coming that day when our works will be tried each one should listen to what paul's words say and i'm I'm hurrying each one should build his life with care no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid which is jesus if anyone builds on this foundation using gold silver and costly stones or wood hay and straw their work will be shown for what it is because that day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of every person's work. If it has been built with uh, gold, silver, and precious stone, it'll endure. But if it's wood, hay, and straw, it'll all be burned up. But we will be saved as through fire. Wow. That's incredible, guys. Can I share a personal story with you one time? Well, right now, about one time. Um, I was in Florida, and many of you have heard the story, so I won't repeat it over and over and over again. But I was in Florida, and I was walking down Orange Blossom Trail, which is an awesome nature trail where they do triathlons. We lived in this beautiful area, and I'm walking down this trail. It's my nature trail. It's my, I mean, 
I know it's surrounded by people swimming and bicycling, but this is my spot. And I'm walking down the road, and God says to me, and I had no idea. I wasn't thinking about this. Like, I'm just walking down the path, and God says, son, everything you've done for me is wood, hay, and stubble. I'm like, that doesn't sound good. And I knew he was coming after my motives. I, you know what, guys? I can say here right now with the spirit of the Lord listening and this being recorded online and say this in the fear of God. I'm so thankful for that day when God showed me, listen, son, I have better rewards than you living for yourself, just trying to be the hero in someone else's story, living for you. If you'll start living for me, you'll start stacking rewards. And you'll actually do a better job of loving people, Right? Instead of being offended and mad and betrayed and disappointed and hurt and, and come on, man. Like, I'm calling you to love people and you're mad and betrayed and hurt and disappointed and offended and always, because it's always about you, RC. If you'll learn to love like that, you'll, you'll be able to bless those who curse you, hug those who are kissing you while they're betraying you. I'm like, I don't know how to love like that, Jesus. Not sure I'm excited about learning to love like that, but I want to be like you. And if you got to purify and burn all the wood, hay, and straw, come on. Anybody remember the story about the little pigs? Come on, what? That's a story about heaven. Maybe not, but I mean, that's a story about will your house fall down or will you be built on God's word? And are you doing Man, hallelujah. Jesus, you're so good. Where was I? The judgment seat of Christ is not a punishment for sin. Jesus took the punishment for us. The judgment seat of Christ will be when we are called to render an account for what we have done with our life as believers. It will be a serious and necessary time of reckoning with God. Paul says, by my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? Paul says, by my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. That day, there, the, you'll have to look into the eyes of perfect love, and you will want him to take off everything that's not of love's kind. You will, you'll, you'll actually long for this. I think I probably still got a couple straight straw bales hanging around in my life. I'm like, man, let's just, I don't want to be embarrassed. Just burn them up now. Like, I just want big old Mr. T looking crowns and stuff. You know what I mean? Look at your neighbor and say, my crowns will be bigger than yours. <laughs> Listen, it cannot be overstated or overemphasized. This judgment is not related to our salvation if you accept Christ, you pass from death to life. This is not where you get punished, disciplined, beaten, or any of that. It's just where you come to rewards, right? Anybody ever been to that spot where you had to come before your boss and they're and they like, man, let's, let's talk about your performance review. Tommy, did you do performance reviews back in the day? He's like, absolutely. Did you ever tell, man, your performance is just... He won't say nothing <laughs> in, case, in case somebody's online, right? Like, 
But if, if we do performance reviews, come on. Somebody say, Jesus, do a performance review on me. Do it now. Do it today. <laughs> like, I know, two hand claps. I knew, I knew this wasn't going to be one of those messages. It's okay. In anticipation of the judgment seat of Christ, we are careful as to what we say. Did you know the Bible says that for every idle word men speak, some of y'all are going to put some duct tape on your mouth and write in silence, like not to. What about those who uh, use sign language? Will they be held account to, right? It doesn't say. I think they get off. Um, but in everything, matter of fact, uh, James says like this, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law of freedom. Wow. We want to give an account of our life with joy, don't you? Did you know Jude says God is able to preserve you to himself and present you faultless before his throne with exceeding joy? Come on, I'm, how many of y'all are looking forward to going to see Jesus? Like, I am totally looking forward to that. I'm a little homesick. But I'm also aware there's a day coming in which we will give an account. You know, like, honestly, this was something that heard, I heard the other day. I've been going through some health complications. Are y'all okay? Because I'm probably not going to be finished at 12. Are y'all offended? Are y'all offended? Okay, cool. Um, but I was uh, been dealing with some health stuff. And uh, anyways, Tara was with me in the van. And I was like, well, they say I have an enlarged heart. And she goes, you don't know what that means, do you? I was like, no. It felt like the Grinch. Hey, man, your heart is enlarging, you know? I'm like, this is a great thing. And she goes, no, that's not a good thing. And she began to, because she's a biology teacher, uh, began to talk to me. So, of course, how many of you guys have ever Googled what's wrong with you? Don't do that. Don't do that. But it did bring the fear of the Lord. I'm like, oh, my God. I have an enlarged heart. <laughs> I was like, I got to do something. And then I heard, then I heard, I heard this. I heard a minister say this as I've been studying the fear of the Lord. A minister said, listen. Man of God, when you get to heaven, how you treated your body, you will give an account for that. Your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit of the living God. And how you treated it and what you did with it, you will give an account. I was like, I am going to the gym tomorrow. I'm getting right. I do not want to look at Jesus and say, sorry about that. He's like, son, I had so much more for you. I had, you. There was so much more I had for you to do. There's so much goodness I had for you, but you were tired. There was so much goodness I had for you, but you were exhausted. There was so much more I had for you, but you, you didn't have the energy. Come on, somebody. Like, let's be aware that there's that day coming. The Bible speaks that believers will be receiving crowns in that day. I love this. The various, some of y'all kind of walk around like princesses and kings right now, and that's pretty cool to me. <clears throat> the various crowns are described. Listen to this, 1 Timothy 2.5, 2 Timothy 4.8, James 1.12, 1 Peter 5.4, and Revelation 2.10. That's a pretty good indication you fit to get a crown. But are you going to have like rocks in it or diamonds in it is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, um. So at the very end, the Bible says this, okay, Revelation twenty two twelve. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me 
to give everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed, listen to Jesus, blessed are those who do the commandments that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Come on, somebody. Look, I am coming soon, Jesus says, and my reward is with me. Mm, wow. In preparation for the judgment seat of Christ, what are you choosing to build with? Wood, hay, and straw, or gold, silver, and precious stones? Wow. So good. First John 2.28 says, Neil, if you'll come, I think they'll probably believe I'm going to stop at some point. First John 2.28, and now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, you may have confidence. Oh, my goodness. Did you hear this? When he appears, you will have confidence in that day. Let me read it to you again. I think First John 2.28, now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his appearing. So let me ask you, is it possible to be ashamed before him at his appearing? Is it possible that when the Lord comes immediately, we'll begin to regret the selfishness of our lives, our disobedience, our complacency, our laziness, our excuses, the Lord's appearing will either bring you confidence or it will bring a sobering cleansing of the love of God. Listen, his judgments are for you. They're not against you. The great white throne judgment, we don't, we don't, y'all ever been to the theme park and you get the, the fast pass where you get to pass all the suckers in line and go straight to the ride. That's like the great, like, we're like, later losers, we're going to the ride, right? Like, we don't have to go, we don't have to go to the white throne judgment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. I want us to live in such a way, real life, that when he appears, we can have confidence in that day. Ecclesiastes 12, 14, God will bring into judgment and everything, every secret thing, whether good or evil. Romans 14, 11, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That's not 2 Corinthians 5. This is Romans 14. For we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. As I live, declares the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will confess. 2 Timothy 4.8, For there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to all those who long for his appearing. Oh, so good. So good. So good. I want you guys to just bow your heads with me right here and close your eyes I'm closing youth I wanted you guys to be in here for this 
I'm becoming more and more aware, guys, of the great duty to stand in this moment, to stand and be called your pastor. The Bible is clear. I will give a stricter judgment for holding this microphone and teaching you. So in the light of that day, I'm looking forward to today because I want when you get there, say my pastor told me, I knew this day was coming. Listen, I wanna, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not doing this to secret, I just want you to focus right here. If you're in this room, man, if you're watching online and you have never repented of your sins and given your life to Jesus and turned your back on a life of living for you, this is your moment. Come on, this is your day. Paul says, today is a day of salvation, nearer than we ever believed. Listen to me, beloved. The Lord is going to return. That's not up for debate. We don't know how soon or how far away, but I feel like it's getting even sooner. And so I just got to tell you, with the love of God, with the fear of the Lord, come on, God doesn't want you to be condemned with the devil and his angels. But you have to trust Jesus. There is no other way to God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. So here, sobering reality, this is your moment. If you're here today and you say, man, I don't want to be condemned. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want any part of none of that. I choose to trust Jesus because I believe he loves me so much that he died on a cross just for me. That is the gospel, my friends, that God so loved the world. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life so listen for you man maybe you're in your car listening to this podcast maybe you're at work listening to this podcast or YouTube or Facebook or here with me in this moment Jesus loves you and he wants to forgive you and wash you away from your sins If you're here today in this moment and you're ready to say, I'm going to repent of my sins and live for Jesus and you've never done that before. Maybe you just need to renew that today and say, Lord, I'm coming back home. I'm tired of living complacent and wandering around. Come on, would you lift your hands right here in the presence of the Lord? Come on, God sees your hands. God sees them. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus. Come on, everybody, would you just pray it with me? Say, Jesus, I want to live for you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in the blood of the Lamb. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and set a fire in my soul. Help me to live for you every moment of every day and give me the grace and the strength to choose to take up my cross every day. In Jesus' name, Jesus, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for washing us. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, for those of us 
who are following Christ daily, let me ask you, are you living for yourself? Are you fired up? Are you serving the Lord fervent in spirit? Are you spending time with him and learning his word? Are you choosing grace and living forgiveness? Like these are some of the kind of statements that we make. Are y'all good? Why why don't y'all stand with me? Okay, stand with me. Unless you got a baby, then you can chew. Um, But these are the kind of statements we make, Ricky, when a person doesn't fear the Lord. Well, I'll never forgive that person. Beloved, if you knew what you were saying, you would delete that little phrase out of your vocabulary. There's just ways we operate, church. There's ways that we operate in the world and things we say that are cliche and we think are cute. It has no part in the fear of the Lord. It has no part in living a life of integrity and holiness and righteousness. One of the things the fear of the Lord is doing for me, it's just restoring my conscience. Like, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit anymore. I don't want to laugh at the dirty joke anymore, right? Like, I don't, y'all leaving me out here to dry. That's cool. That's fine. It's cool. No, it's cool. It's cool. Y'all are like, wow, pastor listens to dirty jokes. What's he got going on? Let me ask you, how is your desire for Christ? If you were to rate yourself, come on, you're going to be judged one day. Why don't you just rate yourself right here in this moment? The Bible says to examine yourselves, to see whether you're in the faith or not. Beloved, can you, man, on a scale of one to 10, where are you? God's not here to judge you. He's not here to condemn you. He's not here to put a burden on your back. He's here to set you free. Love, man, Jesus is so good. So good. So good. So this is my exhortation. I'm closing. It's 12.02. I lied to you by, well, I told you I wasn't going to be done by 12. I know this is heavy stuff. But will y'all make me a promise today? Will you promise to wrestle with this? Go back and listen to this. Download our podcast. Go back on YouTube. Listen to this. Allow the Holy Spirit to do the work only He can do. Because you know what He wants to do? He wants to empower you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to give you the resolve and an anointing and the power. Listen, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will give you power to be my witnesses. And when we begin to surrender afresh and anew, you'll find yourself inheriting an anointing from the Holy Spirit to live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, there is no greater joy than to wake up with a streaky clean conscience to wake up not having to live defeated and command the more you pursue him the more he comes after you and when that mutual exchange begins it's that sowing and reap and if you sow to the spirit you'll begin to reap life and life everlasting when you begin to sow to the work of god you begin to put yourself as a living sacrifice man your mind starts getting renewed those bad habits of stinking thinking those stupid ideas that we carry around that keep us in broken fellowship all that begins to go away 
and we think, well, I could just read a book. No, you got to surrender to the crawl. You got to surrender to Jesus. And out of that place of surrender comes this joy. Come on, how many of you guys remember when you got said joy unspeakable? Listen to me, beloved. God has a calling on your life. God has a calling on this church. And where we're going, we are going to be snapping chains, rebuking and casting out devils, walking in authority. And we're going to see the glory of Almighty Yahweh. But He won't be able to entrust that to us if we're all wood, hay, and straw, just doing it for us. Be a cool pastor, a cool church. Nah, we're going to do it for the glory of Almighty Yahweh. And every life that's changed, and every person's life that is transformed by the power of Christ, all we're going to say is hallelujah to the Lamb. May the Lamb receive the reward of His sufferings. Come on, if you is that you today? That's me, man. I'm starting to pray crazy prayers. Big prayers ridiculous prayers prayers that would make y'all go are you sure it's okay to ask for that why because my motives are being purified and now listen James says if you ask and you don't receive it's because you're asking with the wrong stuff but when you start getting the right stuff inside you you can have anything you ask for Jesus said You will ask what you will, and it will be given to you. Come on. God is trying to take the limit off. God's trying to take the lid off. The world needs to see the glory of Adonai cover the earth like waters cover the sea. But in order to do that, we got to allow a little fire to come in and purify our motives, purify our reasons. And then when we go through it, oh, my God. The, oh, enter into it. Come on. Like, it's like, let's go. Look at you and say, let's go. And then the love of Almighty God will begin to work in your faith because faith works by love. And now because you're loving what God loves, there's a supernatural faith to believe what He wants to do. Man, I'm so excited for where we're going, guys. We exist to be and make disciples of Jesus who are known by love and I can't wait to see the lives that are going to be changed I feel like Jesus is like dude I got a scroll full of names y'all are supposed to touch I got I got people on other sides of the world y'all will never meet come on got 17 wells we've done like who knows what all God is doing from this little place and the rewards gee the rewards we'll get for I mean a cup of cold water? What if we give a village of water for three or four generations? We sowed to Israel. We sowed for bicycles. We've sowed to rescue those in sex traffic. Like, we are sowing church because we believe in the goodness of God and the power of God. And I ain't gonna lie. I, I want us to have some rewards. I'm like, man, hanging out with RC. Look at my stack. You're not going to say it's because Rodney's so good. That's my name, by the way. Because Jesus, come on, because Jesus is so good. I'm trying to stop, Neil. I think I drank too much coffee. 
I know you're getting tired of standing. I just want you to be blessed. I want you to wake up and just as soon as your feet hit the floor, the devil say, oh no, they're up again. Come on. I, come on. I want when you start praying, that devil start fleeing because you're submitted to God, right? Like, listen, the Bible says when you submit to God, when you resist the devil, he'll run from you. He'll flee from you. To me, I just picture flying. Matter of fact, Deuteronomy says he'll flee in seven ways. What kind of authority are we not walking in? What kind of power are we relegated? What kind of power are we leaving somewhere on the shelf because we won't say, Jesus purified me so I can walk in power, right? Y'all are looking at me like, what is wrong with this guy? But I know, I know you're with me. I know you're with me. He told Jeremiah, don't look at their faces. It won't help you. <laughs> I believe you're with me. I believe you're getting it. Are you getting it? Come on. Amen. Babe, will you come? I ask you to pray for us. So, Father, we do as a church, God, we say yes to the purifying, yes to your ways, Lord. And through that journey, whatever that looks like, whatever you need to get rid of, God, whatever needs to be broken off, Father, we say yes to it. We surrender to it. God, bless your people. God, we thank you for this day and this for this day that we're being prepared for that day. And Lord, we love you to, today. And I just ask that you bless your people in the name of Jesus. Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you later. For more information, to give, or if you need prayer for anything, visit us online at reallifeministries.org. Shalom.